someone's cursing my lord late night lunch someone's puffling my lord late night lunch someone's growing my lord late night lunch oh lord late night lunch this is a post-watershed production good evening and welcome to the show that praises you to your face and slanders you behind your back uh, making an elegant vault fast is me, Aaron Bliss, and jumping in your grave is Mike Large. Good evening, jumping in your grave. <laughs> Dare you accuse yeah. me of such a thing. I have heard it's a habit that you find hard to break, Mike. Don't judge me, alright? <laughs> Don't judge, you love you. Yeah. W welcome back to Lena Large. Apologies if it's, it's been a little while since you might have heard from us. We haven't, of course we haven't perished, we're, we're always here. We nearly perished but that's a story for another time. <laughs> it is for another time. So, where are we all the way down the line on this Late Night Large? Uh, tonight's theme we decided to investigate was... Betrayal. Uh, a synonym of treachery. Not exactly the same thing, but they're sort of... Similar. Similar thing. Both things that Aaron is very familiar with. <laughs> he grows. It's, he it's grows. funny you should say that, because... Oh no! Actually, yeah, I, I see what you're saying. Uh, you're you usually manipulate others into betrayal, if you get what I mean. <laughs> clever. Uh, Just is. clever, all yes. right? Oh, clever, right? <laughs> so, of course, by betrayal or treachery, uh, I think I think that the the difference in in the two words essentially comes in in what you're standing against. Context. At the time. Yeah. I think betrayal betrayal can be very personal. Treachery tends to be quite grand. I probably you agree can, with that. Yeah, you can use treachery in the individual, but it is a bit overblown. Uh, treachery be more like we discussed earlier. Treachery is more something like Guy Fawkes. That's that's considered you know treason. Legend. <laughs> well, not really. He was an idiot, wasn't he? he got caught. Touche, touche. Yeah, old King James. He, uh, he had a lucky escape. What do you think of them, Mike? What What is betrayal? What kind of th cogs does it get moving in that little mind of yours? First of all, I resent <laughs> little mind. Right. Uh, secondly, as soon as you said that word to me earlier, um, I, all I thought of was 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 you and and, <laughs> and how fucking evil you are, basically. Right. How you betray everyone and <sighs> stab everyone in the back, and oh, yeah. you're just an evil bastard, aren't you? It's funny because I hear that's your tactic on the battlefield. And the, 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 don't they say that um, if you if you're up against Mike on the battlefield, you'll always die with something in your back? Yeah, but that's not a knife. <laughs> oh yes, oh yes. It didn't take us long, did it? Sodomise uh, your corpse. Shut up. So yeah, Mike's betrayed the uh, the polite nature that we were supposed the sanctity to. Sanctity of your bumhole. <laughs> Uh, so can't get my bum the, out of your shut head shut up hey. quiet 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 the context then of <laughs> betrayal so I'm guessing what we're thinking Mike is betrayal is also I've done it oh, I do have the book nearby it's, what book? it's quite a 
it's quite a weighty tome to get through, so I might not be able to find it. What book are you talking about? Uh, I'm talking about the Divine Comedy, because in the Divine Comedy, I believe one of the lowest circles of hell was devoted to the treacherous, the betrayers. Well, I look forward to it. <laughs> yes, but Mike, the uh, the psychology, because obviously you're like, uh, I'm sure most people are thinking murderers, rapists, but in sort of ancient times, I guess. I guess the psychology and the philosophy of sin the reason that betrayal or treachery was seen to be so low in the sins is its calculating nature of course no matter what anyone tries to say there is no such thing as a typical murder uh, you could get a million different contexts for murder for instance a, a battered wife finally fighting back and slamming uh, her abusive hubby over the head who happens to be killed that is completely different completely different to uh, an aggressive rapist it's who it's murders it's his victim how dare she fight back <laughs> <laughs> you're like you, you, you're not so much a, a co-presenter as it's <laughs> just a troll really. <laughs> yes that's what I'm here yeah, for yeah just um you going over to that pool of uh, discourse, dropping your pants and taking a massive shit in there. You know how I roll. Yeah, I do know how you roll. So, betrayal, what I was trying to say was, because it's so low, Mike, because it's calculated, it's premeditated. With betrayal, it suggests mm. the context of you being behind a particular cause or having a particular allegiance and then deliberately changing to... Well, if we're talking about dichotomies, the opposing team, the opposing side, uh, or the side directly conflicting with the interests that you were supposed to represent. Is that kind of accurate? I would say that is a, a, an accurate definition, yes. Okay. I'm with you on that. Can I agree. <laughs> I concur. Wow. Really? Yeah. I'm just waiting for the Wait. treachery of you. Yeah, no, no, no. Trying to make a mug out of me. Yeah, no, don't you worry. It's coming. It's coming. <laughs> I, know, I thought it would. Oh, it's coming. That, that'll be a that'll be a long running punchline that it's might be coming. revealed by the by the sweaty, smelly climax at the end of the show. Oh, I can't wait. <laughs> Mike, can you come up with some kind of analogy or, or metaphorical situation, hypothetical situation of a betrayal that you can think of, like an obvious version, a day-to-day -day betrayal. A day-to-day, -day... right? Okay. Yeah. Come on. Well, yeah. You cheat on your partner. Oh, there you go. I had a feeling that was gonna. That's betrayal. Do you think that's the most common? It's the first thing <laughs> that came into my head. Obviously. Yeah. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. You think it's the most common? Um. Uh, well. So adultery. I, adultery. Yeah, I'd say. Mm, is it the most common? Are we over, are we are we overlooking something like really basic and small that happens all the time? Oh, I, I do you know what I mean? Like there could be me. there could yeah. be something, couldn't there? That oh, is technically you betrayal. So that, you're not that thinking people of probably do every day. No, 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 ah, okay. no. But I just think there could be something that we're overlooking. Betrayal. You know, so people do it all the time. That's something that people do all the time. There must. I, I imagine there is something. Okay, well... I do, a daily betrayal. Again, I guess it depends on interpretation. For instance, um, for instance, would you say that a person who is, say, a follower of a particular organised religion, they act every day 
in contravention to a particular tenet within the Bible or the Quran or you know whichever religious text that they choose to live their life by the order of. I'm not sure that counts. No. Okay. But get think, keep thinking. <laughs> there might be something. Something might spring into our head and go, "Oh, can you hear that? The, the grinding of the cogs. See." Oh, it's grinding. (laughs) Bumping and grinding, baby. (laughs) Bumping and grinding. Oh, definitely. So while we're grinding, we... we, we rolling. I was thinking of that, yeah. Uh, So... Hey, Shut up. (laughs) They get the picture. Trying to catch me, but... (laughs) Uh, Grinding dirty. So betrayal... I'd pretty good. um, There's... there's, um, Obviously, I, I, I had a quick look online. Because, of course, there's the everyday betrayals we're thinking of the personal betrayals but there's also obviously these things have scales don't they scales of betrayals and we go from the inconsequential although some would argue none of them are inconsequential because they affect the person you betrayed and potentially everyone they know and etc etc domino effect yeah of course if you cheat on someone uh, it, depending on the context, obviously, if you cheat on someone who uh, is a bit of a cheater themselves, it's not really a huge deal. If you cheated on someone, for instance, who was a virgin and thought you were going to marry each other, and it was the first kind of trauma that they ever suffered, that could, that could seriously mess them up. Years down the line, psychological trauma. So be careful with people's hearts, people. You could also mess yourself up. But what by Consumed cheating? by guilt. Why not? Yeah, people, I mean, let's face it, people who cheat do have consciences. I mean, Most of them? Well, yeah, there's obviously the odd psychopath, but yeah, most of them have consciences. It, I mean, not cheating is not, not really a case of, it's more like, does my need for sexual conquest override my conscience? Kind of thing. Yep, all the time. Yeah. <laughs> oh, he um, grows, he grows. On a, on a philosophical note, or rather, you know, just just throwing a throwing a chunk of meat into that pool of piranhas. Go on, chuck it in there. Uh, or playing that devil's advocate, even. Is, when we say betrayal, are we missing something in that? I know this is maybe a very sort of uh, Satanist, Alistair Crowley version, but here we go. Are we wrong to be pledging our allegiance to anything? Is the whole well, idea what? of betrayal a bit outdated? You're suggesting we shouldn't pledge any type of allegiance to anything, or anyone, anything. Well, I'm being, I'm playing devil's advocate. I'm not necessarily saying that. I'm saying, is there an argument that? So we one should... shouldn't be monogamous. No, maybe. Well, I agree. Couldn't agree more. <laughs> maybe, but maybe you know, in terms of religion, in terms of community groups, in terms of friends and family, and sexual relationships, maybe we should just be completely fluid and have no attachment to anyone whatsoever. And no conscience. I didn't say no conscience, you know, it would stop you from murdering or raping people, but what I mean is, uh, for instance, uh, you know, snitching on someone or cheating on someone, or you know, why, why should they be seen as betrayals? Why should they be seen as bad things at all? Because they upset people. But, yeah. I suppose, yeah. <laughs> if nobody gave a shit about it, yeah. then they wouldn't be upset by it. We'd have to, you'd have yeah. to completely flip society and, and how it operates and works and how people are tu- tuned and wired. Yeah. You'd have to make people not give a shit about being you, on both sides so do you think to it's, eradicate betrayal. 
Yes, good point. Do you think that's because... Do you think there's something inherent, isn't there, within the human condition? Our need to be accepted. Yep, need to be wanted. To be wanted. So basically you need to eliminate that, really, because to be wanted you need to feel someone has an allegiance to you in some way. Yeah. You know, you need to to think that mum and dad really love you. You need to feel that your partner only wants to be with you. Uh, You need to feel that maybe your boss really appreciates you and wouldn't sack you on the spot. These kind of things, they mean a lot to people, their mental health and what have you. Yeah. No, there is a a word or a a term for that. A term for what? The the need to be needed and need to be wanted. um, Fucking hell. It escapes me. Now, of course, it would be about time to... Consult Wikipedia to make sure that we're uh, educating ourselves correctly. Ah, trusty sponsor. Our trusty sponsor. Uh, by the way, everyone out there, Wikipedia isn't just a laughing stock. It's um, it's also a fantastic source of uh, information. As long as you don't obviously use it to quote in um, in uh, assessments, articles, things like that. If you just use it as a first port of call, though, helps you branch out, and then you can find the references. Uh, please consider doing what I've done in the past and donating to Wikipedia because that keeps it advert free make sure that the people can always edit it and you know the, the multinationals never get a hold of it or worse the politicians now betrayal apparently is the breaking or violation and my loves that word violation of a presumptive contract trust or confidence that produces moral and psychological conflict within a relationship amongst individuals or between organisations or between individuals and organisations. Often, betrayal can take the form of the act of supporting a rival group, or it is a complete break from previously decided upon or presumed norms by one party from the others. Someone who betrays others is commonly called a traitor or betrayer. A betrayal is also a commonly used literary element and is often associated with or used as a plot twist. I never thought of that, but that is almost overly used, isn't it? In fact, I think that's probably the most common, isn't it? I'd be very surprised if that wasn't the most common. Yeah. Someone switching sides, someone, oh my God, is a double agent, someone... Thought he was this, no, he's not, he's that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Someone was the investigator, actually the killer, these kind of things. So, yeah, no, that's a very interesting point. So, betrayal is actually one of the, probably the most used plot twist in movie history, I would have thought. So, that wording breaking or violation of presumptive contract trust or confidence there are some things that that seems to fall under which clearly aren't betrayal like for instance if you are working for a corporation and then you take a job with their rivals for more money betrayal yeah it's not betrayal really betrayal unless of course you sold all the secrets or took all the secrets with you that might be considered I wouldn't say betrayal maybe treachery that's treachery isn't it yeah. yeah What about, okay, say you uh, you grow up, your dad's uh, is always taking you to Rangers matches, and you grow up, and when you become an adult, you suddenly switch to Sports Celtic. Betrayal. Would you honestly consider... You betrayed your old man. (laughs) You betrayed him and everything. He might actually, yeah, he might actually say that. He might actually phrase it like that. Yeah. I mean, probably a bad idea using Rangers and Celtic, because obviously there's the religious sectarian... sectarian, uh, sectarianism that's obviously similar to the surface that was that was sort of started being broken in the 90s with the players 
you know the Catholics uh, playing for Celtic etc etc for Rangers rather uh, and the other way around but that was always a big thing We'll put it this Barcelona way. Real Madrid is another big yeah. one. If if you Manchester know, United Liverpool. If my son grows up to be a Liverpool fan, he well that that'll be the, no that'll be large, the point at which he at which he stops growing. <laughs> I'll end him. Uh, stops growing, brilliant. <clears throat> that's that's a hell of a euphemism. <laughs> oh dear. Uh, so, oh, <laughs> hang on. This is interesting. Okay, so um, we have some examples of uh, betrayals further down on the definition we've got let's have a look we've got political betrayal now yeah this was another big one Mike so if if a politician let's say the UK because it's the easiest to understand in the UK if a politician crosses the floor is that betrayal yes who of the party the constituents or a bit of both but mainly the party Okay, well, some might say most parties don't deserve full allegiance. I'd say maybe more the constituents. Like, I mean, uh, so say, well, say you're a say you're a, a Labour politician who then crosses the floor to the Conservatives, your constituents aren't going to be happy about that, are they? Especially because the way our system works, people just vote for donkeys in rosettes. They're not voting for you because they think, oh, he's a very principled Conservative. They're voting for him because, oh, I want the Conservative Prime Minister. So if you then switch to Labour or vice versa, then they're not going to be happy. And we most yeah, I suppose. So most adults living in Western democracies place trust in the state on which they're a citizen. <laughs> trust. It talks about the concept of betrayal trauma and says it has symptoms similar to post-traumatic stress disorder. That's interesting. Because, of course, we could argue that political betrayal happens so often that we don't even consider it unusual anymore. A daily basis, isn't it? Well, it's all under the umbrella of one word which describes it, corruption. The key difference between traditional post-traumatic stress disorder and betrayal trauma is that the former is historically seen as being caused primarily by fear, whereas betrayal trauma is a response to extreme anger. Uh, Fear and anger being the two sides to the fight-or-flight response, uh, and they're described as our strongest and most basic psychological emotions. Yep. So there you go. Ah, I just thought of something else. Grow on. So, the, okay, when, you know we said betrayal forms the basis, uh, the the linchpin, if you like, for the majority of plot twists. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of cinema plot twists. Yeah. I'll tell you another thing. Grow How on. many crimes are motivated directly by betrayal? Now, I'm uh, not talking about the obvious. I'm not talking about catching your wife in bed with another man and killing both of them. I'm talking about working for a rival company and then they mysteriously disappear gangs gangs is a big one most most crimes really have a- essence of betrayal fueled, either the person either fueled by it or it's it's there somewhere yeah you know it, I mean? it's, it's either a person reacting like you say the extreme anger after a perceived betrayal or the act itself is a betrayal other than th- other than things like theft well, co- common theft from like a shop or something. That's, le- le- uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Other than that, but I, I mean, obviously, I'm not saying I'm not saying all crimes, but y- would you say a majority maybe of crimes involve betrayal in some way? I mean, you could argue, oh, it's a betrayal of the public trust. The thing is, well, yeah, but shut up. Um, 
I wouldn't say majority. Okay. I, I'd say a, a sizable so, so chunk. Okay. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Because if you think of cr- crime, is quite it's quite a broad term. Do you know? What I mean? There's lots of yeah. petty crimes that have nothing to do with anything. To be oh, honest. Yeah. Well, there, common assault, for instance, that's yeah. not necessarily related to betrayal. Yeah. Breaking the speed limit. You know, uh, yeah, slightly, or... slightly different though, isn't it? You're talking about um, you're talking about like civil law rather than criminal law. It's still crime, isn't it? That's why I said. Like, all right, all right. So, <laughs> yeah, evading the TV license because uh, you know when I said uh, you know when I said that some people consider any crime to be a breach of the public trust or betrayal of the public trust. It's only considered that way if you're the kind of person who's able to countersign a passport, isn't it? Because then you're considered in a position of public trust. Mm. The guys, the guy who works at the car wash, isn't in, in a position of public trust. You hope that you know he's trustworthy in the sense that he doesn't break the moral code. But if he did, it probably wouldn't come as much of a surprise. Uh, the same way that these days it wouldn't it would be more of a surprise if a politician was clean as opposed to breaking the public trust. But if, say, a high court judge was proven to deliberately rig cases. That would be a serious betrayal of the public trust. Yeah, I mean well, the, the right definition. The most well, the, yeah, the definition of being a judge is that you're completely impartial and professional, uh, and you work in. Y- your ultimate goal is to work completely in the maintaining of the public trust. Yeah, and it, in the interest of justice, that you would be betraying. Y- <laughs> yes, <laughs> I like the way you said that. Okay, so the, the, now these are some interesting things. How many crimes and what have you? But, but a, it, it a does. Few. Okay, okay. R- rather than saying crimes that involve betrayal, as in the criminal act is itself a betrayal, when we say, you know, the PTSD esque anger response, do you think, as a reactionary criminal element, that there's anything like it? Is there any other action that provokes criminal acts like a perceived betrayal? Uh, not off the top of my head. Yeah, I was thinking that. Not really. There's nothing... It's, no, it's really no, interesting. No, not really. You think about it, if we put them under the umbrella of betrayal or treachery, I'm not sure there's many actions that would provoke more wrath... Uh, more violent responses. What? Other than, say, murder that wasn't fueled by betrayal. True. Yeah. Yeah. I was thinking that. Although, again, that w- that response would be more sort. A lot of the time, that would be sort of a self-defense response, rather than anything else. But yeah, obviously, say you just got back and your whole family had had literally just been murdered by the guy who was still in your house. Yeah, I, I agree. But, I mean, that's quite un- unusual, isn't it? I mean, how many people were murdered by a complete stranger in their house? Very few, I would imagine. Yeah, no. I, okay. Well, they say most people, you know, most no, of the time it's someone you know, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. Okay, now that's an it. We've got to an interesting stage. Okay, so we've, we've yeah, we figured out that betrayal is... It's everywhere. It is everywhere. It's a big point in plot twists, and it's a big point in provoking criminal acts. We will obviously debate this a little bit more. It'll be a mass debate. Oh, 
I just <laughs> couldn't get through a whole show without it, could we? We're still talking about betrayal, as far as I know. No, we are. We are. <laughs> we, are. we haven't betrayed the topic. Oh, very good. We betrayed our lack of knowledge. <laughs> yes. Uh, <laughs> So, we talked about political betrayal. In romantic relationships, uh, there's a book, What Makes Love Last, by John Gottman, that's uh, referenced in Wikipedia, describing betrayal as a noxious invader arriving with great stealth that undermines seemingly stable romances and lies at the heart of every feigning relationship, even if the couple is unaware of it. Hmm. So, Mike. Go on. Let's talk about this for a bit. Obviously, this is the betrayal that people most keenly feel, probably in the modern world. It's the betrayal that comes with infidelity. Infidel! No, yeah, you infidel. We know this is the thing you've committed the most often. Hey! I'm not, to, be, to be honest, I'm, I haven't got my hands completely clean either. Uh, but... Let's... Okay, let's talk about it. Um... Let's first of all, first of all, should we be, should we Let's be frank? Let's talk about Shut you and me. Uh, should we be frank, Mike? Be frank about this. <laughs> okay, Frank. So, I'm talking to Frank. Not about drugs. Talk to Frank. But I think you should talk to Frank. No, can we be frank and diplomatic in saying? I don't Mike, have you ever cheated on anyone? Like. Well, you can't just fucking throw this shit out there. I'm not, I'm not saying name names. Have you ever cheated on anyone? Yes. No. <laughs> You wouldn't believe no. how insincere that look was. So we'll take that as a yes. No. Okay. Never. Uh, actually not. <laughs> Have know. you ever been cheating on? Hang on. <laughs> One, two, three. <laughs> uh, so. No. I'm uh, still saying no. Have you ever been cheated on? Yes. Okay. Okay. We're, n we're not going to do some stupid cod psychology thing uh, on the couch, but w were you? did you feel that anger What that we were talking about? Well, you know me, That's I'm not an angry chap. That murderous chap. rage? No, I, I'm not an angry guy, am I? I'm no? a very calm and placid, <laughs> placid person. Yes, Mike, of course you are. I, I, I mean, I, if you got home and you found your missus being boned by some other guy, particularly maybe someone you know, uh, I don't think you're the kind of guy to um, say oh, that. That's a bit unsporting, <laughs> you rotter. Come on, old Could chap. <laughs> would Would you mind putting your clothes on and just uh, you know high tanning it out? When, when, see you, if when you finish, mate. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'll just I'll just wait outside. But when you're done, if that, you could. That's a classic. When you do, would you mind cleaning up when you're done and and just you know if you could just leave as quietly as you can. Cheers, old boy. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I can't imagine you reacting like that. But are you? Are you I mean, you've you've got quite a. I mean, uh, I'd say you you haven't got a particularly short temper. You wouldn't be the kind of guy to actually lose it and potentially murder someone, would you? No, I don't think I'd murder anyone. I'd I mean, stop I mean, short I th of that. I think I think everyone might be tempted to give them what you describe as a, a bit of a beating. I'm too st I'm too smart to murder someone. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, because of course there's you. Um, you can vent your rage, of course. That's that's good and satisfying. But for fuck's sake, don't deprive yourself of your freedom. <laughs> freedom. Yeah. Usually, usually battering them for a while until they're to the point of uh, losing consciousness. That's that's usually a good thing. And then maybe 
throw them out in their pants or or less mm. humiliate as a final humiliation yeah and that's just your missus yeah <laughs> we're not advocating that um, <laughs> speak for yourself no, no. Okay, okay I kid I kid yeah kind of alright <laughs> so Mike I'm going to throw a, another form of betrayal at you that, that you might be familiar with prison snitch <laughs> 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 Is there? Why would I be familiar? <laughs> is there any form of life more reviled than okay, the, the prison snitch, or the or the the other side of the coin, the cousin of the prison snitch, the police informant? Right. Is their betrayal? Are they kind of the most reviled of of um, traitors? Would you say? Quite possibly. I think maybe maybe the prison snitch a little bit more. Yeah. I think sometimes some people could argue, like for instance, whistleblowers. Whistleblowers are generally good people, aren't they? Uh, they think they by are. definition. I mean, ironically, whistleblowing is going to be a later later on our topic. But whistleblowers. I mean, for instance, you go to a paper and expose the fact that the multinational you're working for is poisoning the local water supply. I mean that's oh, not no. that's not treachery, is it? Really? No, no. Th- th- obviously, there's different. There's different. It depends what it is. Okay, it? so uh, would you say that treachery or betrayal? Would you say they? Ah, would you would you say that treachery or betrayal are judged by the reasons for the reasons for doing them? Are we saying that treachery and betrayal are only it, really? It, it depends on in what way you do it but mostly on the, your reasons for doing them yeah yeah so if your motivation is self-enrichment or basically improving your own circumstances you, that's kind of the person who's reviled isn't it really yes yeah yeah which means that we wouldn't really consider whistleblowers but to be classic it, no, cause if it's for the greater good then well you could also you could also argue to ease your conscience which is a bit of a personal thing Again, though, that's you're kind of doing it not as much okay, as yeah. if it's for the greater good. The greater good, if you're doing it to ease your conscience, then well, you're still really doing it for you, aren't you? But I guess the the greater it's good is better than yeah. yeah. I, I wouldn't necessarily no. I don't think we could call whistleblowers traitors. No. Uh, what about okay? What about spies? Secret agent. <laughs> no, but no, when I say spies, I mean double agents. You know, ones who pretend Bomb. to be on one side and actually on the Soviet Trevelyan. double agent. What? Trevelyan. Yeah, something like that. <laughs> uh, <laughs> because they're, they're they they talk to me in a language yeah, I understand. Yeah, he grows, he grows. So, I mean, the double agents. There's been some famous ones through history. I'm not going to go through them, but there have been many Soviet double agents and F- FBI stroke CIA double agents. You know, working for or against the USSR or America, in the guise of someone else. Yeah. What uh, about wh- what, what, what about them? What where, about where do we consider them? Are they are they more on the whistleblower side or are they more on the mm. the cuntish side? Um, they're doing a I job, mean, really. Yeah, but it's it's is <laughs> their job. Yeah, but it's an intriguing mix, isn't it? Because it furthers their own circumstances in that they're obviously being paid to do it. But there's also the the greater good thing of patriotism jingoism but, but, but it's whose version of the greater good isn't it it's uh, okay. so it depends what side you're on as to how you, you know I mean I'm not sure that any of us is going to defend like the the, um, the KGB or the FBI really I mean 
they're both pretty scummy organisations, aren't they? You could say they're working on behalf of their country, but what really are they working on behalf of within the country? Uh, we can only speculate. speculate. There's a lot in the public arena that we don't have to speculate about, but okay. Right, okay. What about Mike? We've got the glorious uh, definition here uh, of... Oh, obviously, it happens a lot in the terms of plot twists in movies. The double cross. Ah, the old double cross. Now, the double cross is a form of betrayal that's quite flamboyant because what essentially that is, is... I mean, betrayal is almost like you're all... A betrayal could be in the sense that you're assumed to be on one side and then you do something acting against that. Or you're automatically enrolled on one side, like you've betrayed your family, but maybe you hated your family. Whereas a double cross, a double cross involves a bit of theatre because you go out of your way to demonstrate to people that you're you've got a particular allegiance you're on one side and then you fuck them over and stab them in the back and then comes the double cross oh I've actually just sold you out uh, sorry about that I was only pretending the whole time I'm actually an arsehole don't be an arsehole don't be an arsehole it is also don't, be an arsehole. <laughs> don't be an arsehole don't be an arsehole yeah don't be an arsehole you're just proving don't your point arsehole. there <laughs> it don't be an arsehole has also be been suggested that the term was inspired by the practice of 18th century British thief taker and criminal Jonathan Wilde, who kept a ledger of his transactions and is said to have placed two crosses by the name of persons who had cheated him in some way. Hence, double cross. This folk etymology is almost certainly incorrect. It's an interesting way to look at it. But there is documentary evidence that the term did exist in the 19th century. More recently, the phrase is used to refer to either of two possible situations. A competitor participating in the fix who has agreed to throw their game instead competes as usual against the original intention of their collaborators one cross against the other in other words yeah yeah okay but nice fix yeah i'll um i'll miss the penalty oh fuck he's put it in the back of the net you know we're, we're ruined or number two two opposing parties are approached urging them to throw the game and back the other both parties lose out and the perpetrators benefit by backing a third winning party maybe Maybe in the sense of horse racing or something that has numerous competitors could could, could happen there. Yep. So uh, it, the use of double cross has passed into common parlance. So that, for example, in World War Two, British military intelligence used the double cross system to release captured Nazis back to Germany, bearing false information. Very clever. I like the intriguing terms that it gives us for more research: adultery, creant. <laughs> Infidelity, opportunism, psychological abuse, splitting, or stab in the back legend. I, I'm just sorry. Stab in the back legend. Hang on. First of all, I'm going to look up Creant. Uh, it's associated with the Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu organisations to refer to a student who is either or perceived to be disloyal to a particular school or. Okay, the right. So that's um, yeah. That's just. Uh, regulation betrayal really except it's uh, localised let's have a look at this stab in the back legend the stab in the back myth was the notion widely believed in right wing circles in Germany after the first world war that the German army did not lose world war one but was instead betrayed by the civilians on the home front especially the republicans who overthrew the monarchy advocates denounced the German government leaders who signed the armistice as the November criminals 
Uh, and of course, we all know how that eventually finished. Ah. Although to many Germans, the expression stab in the back was evocative of Richard Wagner's 1876 opera, uh, Gotterdammerung, in which Hagen murders his enemy Siegfried with a spear in his back. Okay? So there we go. Oh, sorry, there we grow. There we grow. We're talking about betrayal still. We're still growing. And, or are we? Are we doing the opposite of growing um, as I'm a betrayal? Always, I'm always growing. I'll never betray. You, you never betray the growth. <laughs> oh, very good. So, we've gone through basically what we understand to be betrayal. We've come up with some interesting nuggets. Uh, it's time, Mike. We were talking about betrayal as a, a personal individual thing. You betray a group, a football team, a girlfriend, whatever. Now we're going to talk about... Bitch probably deserved it. ...the magnitude of your treachery. What about betrayals that resonate through history? You know what I'm talking about, Mike. The biggest betrayal, the most defining betrayals in history. Famous betrayals. Notorious betrayals. Notorious. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> so, Beautiful, Aaron. we're talking about... I, I, I thought I'd narrow it down to five that I'm aware of. So the top five betrayals. Aaron Bliss's top five betrayals of all time. And our top five of Ooh. backstabbing. <laughs> so... Let's let's try and give them some kind of uh, some kind of order here. Okay, la, 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 la. so we've got. Okay, we've got at number five. We've Can got. Can you introduce them, like you're on bullseye, please? <laughs> Here's what you could have been betrayed by. Number five, we have James Amistad, who was known as the famous slave turned double agent. He was he was actually I believe the first well the first renowned. Uh, african-american double agent so he acted basically against the british so assisted in the kind of the civil war in the 18th century so he acted against the british but not only did he act act against the british but he basically betrayed his people as well didn't he disgusting yeah helping helping americans who basically just poached africans to use as slaves why would you you know why would you work for them you, basically, the reason he's a number five, in my eyes, he's betrayed two sets of people, really. Less importantly, he betrayed the British, who were assholes. More importantly, he betrayed his own people, the African-Americans, by working on behalf of the, the government that... I, I mean, I can't remember when the Emancipation Act came in, but he was clearly still slavery around at the time. So there we go, James Armistead. What do you think about that, Mike? What an arsehole. Don't be an arsehole. <laughs> Don't be an arsehole. No, any other comments, though? Well, what do you think about that kind of thing? Do you, uh, do, you, do you think maybe he was just threatened, like he did it to spare his own life? Listen, you know, I wasn't there, so... Ah, <laughs> oh, no shit, Sherlock. <laughs> you know, <laughs> what, what, you know, what were his, his, his reasons for doing it? What were his circumstances? Well, the... Are his reasons documented? Mm, okay. Well, the the only thing I guess we can, uh, I mean, from not knowing too much about it, the the one thing we can defend him with is his lack of privilege. Obviously, he wasn't in a privileged position, was he? He was in a shitty position. Am I going to be a slave, just doing whatever for a, a pathetic rich white? Or or should I sell everyone out? Or out should I sell everyone out lives. and improve my lot and probably make a lot of money and become a a very well-renowned uh, character, but only in white circles. So there we go. 
And number four. We, in four. In four. We have the famous Efialte of Trakis. Now, I couldn't figure out whether this... Uh, I don't know whether we have details about it online. Here we go. The Greek, Known as the Greek traitor, uh, Efialtes. I couldn't figure out whether this was an actual Greek person or whether it was a myth, but I think we're mixing and matching myths and reality. Either way, they teach us things about human nature. Ephialtes became infamous in Greece. Uh, uh, no, it is, it is a real person. So Ephialtes betrayed his country to the Persian army in 480 BC. During the Battle of... Sorry, uh, forgive me if I mispronounce this. Th Thermopylae... Thermopylae, he led the Persian army to a path that gave access behind the Spartans' line. Mike, do you want to give us a I'm Spartacus? No? I'm not a fucking performance <laughs> monkey, alright? Well, what, what the hell do you do here? <laughs> uh, so, he, anyway, basically, Ephialtes was hoping for a reward from Xerxes, the Persian leader. However, he reaped not a reward, but a bounty on his head and was killed later on, and his name then became synonymous with treason and nightmare. So basically, he got his just desserts. That's what you get, kiddies, mm. for sending out your own people. Mike, give us some comments on that. You see, he, uh, I've, got, I've got comments. Go I've got comments about on. Watch 300. <laughs> right, okay. That's what I'm saying. Uh, no more, no? If you haven't seen it, watch it. Well, No, because it... it, it there you go. It, it's okay. in there. It's all in there. Yeah. Okay. Do you think? Uh, so yeah. Don't don't give don't give out don't give up your people to you know the Basically, Prince of Persia. Don't be an arsehole. Don't don't be an arsehole. Speaking of arseholes, in number three. In three. In three, we have uh, perhaps the biggest arsehole on this list. Uh, worse than the two before because the two before were a slave who basically insulted his own people and in number of, you know the next number down we had uh, a soldier who betrayed his own people which is really bad but how can they beat Lamalinche otherwise known as Doña Marina who uh, I can't I can't exactly remember what what nationality she was but basically in the, during the Spanish conquest uh, she assisted uh, Pizarro in his, uh, in his soldiers in the, in the conquest of Mexico uh, the, the Aztecs by essentially being a translator because she was the only person that they could make contact with who could translate the Aztec language into Mayan, which one of Pizarro's men understood. So essentially, she smoothed the path to her own people being enslaved. In fact, I think she might have later married Pizarro. So he obviously got what he wanted. Was that a similar situation to the Afri African American dude? Was she in a position where it was like, well, I'm basically, I'm going to be in the shit here. Do it or I'll kill you. I'm going to be enslaved. Or I can make I things a little similar. bit easier for myself. I think it's similar. Yeah? Yes. Yeah, I do. You I could think. argue that his situation was less difficult. Uh, but you could also argue, is, uh, are, there not, are there not occasions where it's better to just die on your feet than live on your knees? 
especially giving up all your own people. Yeah, but that's easier said than done, isn't it? Oh, yeah, but I'm saying she's a coward. I'm not saying that we wouldn't be cowards in the same situation, but it's it's very cowardly, isn't it? And no wonder her name is basically spat out still in this day and age because, you know, the Aztecs might have survived if it wasn't for her. It, you know, when we think of the, of the Spanish conquest, they, they were basically on a wing and a prayer. You know, they were outnumbered. OK, they had superior weapons, but they were completely outnumbered. They hardly really knew where they were going. A lot of it was big luck and the fact that the people of where Mexico was welcomed them thinking that they were friendly travellers and essentially you know that they were on a hostile territory that they were unfamiliar with fighting on the temperature was unfamiliar the animals were unfamiliar the people were unfamiliar and to get someone like that a middleman or a middle woman who was able to essentially uh, tell you what the, what these people were saying what they were planning I mean that that was just like better than any gold they could have uh, rescued on the trip because you know, it she made from, it all possible. She did make it all possible. Bitch. So there we go. Yeah, number three. And number two. And two. Of course, Mike, no list would be complete without Et tu Brute? Julius Caesar's betrayal by Brutus. What do you remember about this, Mike? Because we used to learn this in school, didn't we? Brutus's betrayal. Yeah, not a whole lot because um, I've slept since then. <laughs> I just slept during that. <laughs> I just slept. I slept during then. <laughs> yes, through that lesson. Well, uh, from what through I remember, year, Mike. I think. Yeah. Well, Julius Caesar, he had a lot of plotters against him, didn't he? And he did. the problem was his. Essentially, it was a political thing. I mean, nowadays we wouldn't think anything of it, but back then, political treachery involved basically murder. Now, Julius Caesar, he had a group of people plotting against him to bring him down. The one thing he could count on was his number one friend, comrade, and go-to guy, Brutus, who was basically his most loyal guy by his side. Was th he? Through the bad times. Was he? And then, it, as has been immortalised with the Lionetti Brute, he, uh, he essentially gave... just stepped aside, basically, and said, OK, I'll... Maybe I won't help you, but I won't stop you from doing what has to be done. In other words, killing Caesar. So Caesar, obviously, the famous moment when he looked in Brutus's eyes, have him, you know, dying from whatever the stab wounds or whatever they were inflicting on him. Uh, he looked into his eyes and, and said, uh, "And you, Brutus." And um, I think that line was so immortal because he he cut him down in that one line, didn't he? Because he he realised the consequences of betraying the guy that had trusted him so. That was a pretty cool moment in uh, in history, and of course number one. I mean, number one. There's no there's no other one that could be number one. What do you chant at football grounds when players switch teams? What do you immediately? What immediately comes to mind when someone switches allegiances and you just think, oh, what a twat, and you want something to call them? Of course. The ultimate betrayal, number one, Judas Iscariot. Judas. <laughs> yeah, you bloody Judas. Of course, Judas was probably the most iconic as well, because Judas betrayed Jesus with a kiss, did he not? Am I thinking of the right... He yes. did, yeah. 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 Judas identified Jesus to the Romans by kissing him, uh, which obviously was highly 
iconic because it's usually a sign of great affection and he used it as a double cross or used it as a massive act of treachery fucking Judas and again but I mean the other thing about of course Judas was that was personal enrichment wasn't it he obviously saw the odds weren't in his favour but you know how many pieces of silver was he was he given for turning over Jesus so again personal enrichment what have we learnt Mike these great betrayals in history they're usually involving uh, you know uh, self enrichment in terms of money or circumstances but but let's face it most of these were also fighting against odds weren't they it was a case of the odds were against them if they cowardice yeah yeah, if they didn't betray they probably would have got caught up in some bad shit and their circumstances would have been pretty bad so it's almost like fuck the rest of them but get the winning team yeah 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 so cowardice yeah Cowardice, cowardice is a good Anything else to add, Mike? That's, that's quite a good discussion. Yeah, generally, just um, don't, don't be an arsehole. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I had a feeling. And uh, he grows and grows. <laughs> well, I hope you've enjoyed our insights tonight. So uh, I'm sure we'll be back with some more interesting subjects. We'll be back. But tonight, it's a good night from Lennon Large. Good night.